Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you would please stand for the reign of God's Word if you're able to. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Timothy chapter 3. Begin reading verse 1. Very familiar portion of Scripture. Read down through verse 7. So this also know that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For this sort are they which creep into houses and led captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Look with me back in verse 1. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. We're living in what you would call the last days. We're living in perilous times. A lot of people say, well, preacher, you're going to get us down this morning. No, I'm going to give you some good information here that you need to know for times like these. And the fact is, is that, you know, as I, uh, as I seen what took place yesterday, as I uh, first seen it, actually when I got into my office and, and, uh, and everything and, and began to see what took place as far as the uh, uh, bombing of Israel, and then Netanyahu coming out and saying that, they, that he uh, had declared war on uh, Hamas and those there in, in, uh, in, the, in the strip and so forth across from them. The, uh, the reality began to sink in a little bit more of how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ. And you say, well, preacher, they've been batting back and forth for a long time. No, my friend, you don't understand. This is, this is building that's been building for a long time. And since the United States and Saudi Arabia have been, the uh, United States have been inter, uh, intermediating between Israel and Saudi Arabia, trying to bring the nations together, which has not been since 1948, and trying to get them to get along together. And Saudi Arabia has finally said, yeah, you know, it might be a good deal, be a good deal for us. Of course, one of the conditions is that they give the Palestinians uh, up the ground over there that they want that actually belongs to Israel. Different things of that nature going on, and it's back and forth, but it, they're getting close. And Iran does not want any nation in the world, let alone a Muslim nation, in their arena of area to have any type of dealings with Israel. They, uh, Iran wants Israel wiped off the face of the earth. As you begin to look at all this, and I'm not getting into a prophecy deal this morning, but... As I looked at it, man, it began to, different scripture began to roll through my mind and different events that, that is taking place. Many of them we've preached about on Wednesday nights. We're in a series that's coming and uh, dealing with the, the end times and so forth. And, but many of those things begin to roll back and I begin to see like puzzle pieces coming together as all these nations will come down the Ezekiel 38-39 war against Israel. And there'll be Russia to be, uh, most of the rest of them will be Muslim countries that will come in to attack Israel and God will wipe them out on the mountains there in Israel. But we're seeing all this coming together. Uh, Hezbollah has said, they made the statement that they will go to war against Israel and they have thousands and thousands and thousands of missiles uh, that they can use at their disposal from Iran to fight against Israel. 
And so we're moving into some very perilous times. We see the war going on between Russia and Iraq. We see the struggles going on around the world. Other countries that have been in coups and, and little wars and things. The Bible says in Matthew 24, says, uh, uh, talks about that in, in those times that there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Folks, we're there. We're there. Earthquakes in diverse places. We're there. We're there. You go on and it reads like, and what we read this morning reads like the newspaper or, or a news article on your computer or on TV that they're announcing. It just, it's, we're in this day and time. We're seeing these are perilous times. But a lot of times people, when you talk about that, they get, oh, I don't, I don't want to hear it. But Paul is writing to Timothy here and he said, this is what's going to happen. But he also lays out a plan. He lays out a an understanding of what we should do and how we should be as a Christian. And we're going to deal with that. Great truths in perilous times. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning asking that you would meet with us. We pray for Israel, pray for their safety and their security, but also for their salvation. Lord, I pray now that you would speak to our hearts. And likewise, Lord, no doubt in a, in a crowd this size, Lord, that there's those who, if they died this very moment, they don't know that they'd go to heaven. Lord, I pray that you do with their heart. Help them realize time is short. The coming of the Lord is near. And they need to be prepared. And Lord, I pray now that you speak to our hearts. Give liberty. And we'll thank you. We'll praise you. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. As I said, this portion of scripture that we read here, it looks like the daily news. You see the moral decay and failure of our day. You see the political failure and chaos that's going on in our day. You see the domestic failure in our homes and in our marriages. You see the religious failure and apostasy in our churches. All around us, and, this is, and this is, all this is deal, being dealt with here uh, in, in, in this one seven verses that we talked about, that we read. These are those perilous times, and Paul's writing to Timothy about them in the, those last days. The word perilous means difficult or dangerous. And there's difficult times and there's dangerous times. And we're living in that in our day and time. It should be an eye-opener to every, everyone, but it's not. You would think that people would wake up. I, as I was driving the bus this morning, uh, uh, going around to the houses, and, and, and Justin was getting off and going knocking on doors and to, to get the kids to come to church and stuff. And, and several doors, people, the parents would come to the door, and you, they'd stand there and talk, and then the door would close. And, and we'd go on down the, the road, and we'd go to another house, and he'd go knock on the door, and the door would open, and they'd talk for a minute, and close the door and nobody'd come. We had others that came. They had, had several came, but <clears throat> several doors open and close. And, I'm, and, I, and the thought came to me, one of these days you'll get up on Sunday morning, you'll go to your door to look out and there'll not be a bus. Yeah. Pull up, pick up your kids. One of these days you'll be waiting for that little little short thing called Aaron to come by knocking on your door to give your kids a, a flyer about church services and they, she won't show up on Saturdays. One of these days you, you'll uh, turn on because you're, you, you haven't seen anything and things are getting so bad you'll, you'll turn on your, 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 your computer and, and you begin to search for a, uh, the, the church service going on and there won't be one. One of these days you'll call the church to see what time the services are and nobody will answer. One of these days you'll look for somebody to pray with you 
and nobody will be there. Folks, it's coming. And we're living in perilous times. And more and more you see people vacating and, and leaving churches and, and turning away. And really, it ought to be a time when we ought to be awakening and understanding. And, and people ought to be waking up to what's going on and, and have an understanding that the, that the Lord is getting ready to come back. And, and we need to be ready. These are perilous times. Many don't realize what these days are connected to. And honestly, there may be some in this room. You don't really understand what these perilous times that we're seeing now, what they're leading into and what they're connected to. They're connected to the, the tribulation period. They're connected to the return of the Lord in the air to catch the church out of here. Many will say, well, we've, 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 been, we've, we've heard people say that for years, and, and I don't believe it. Well, can I thank you for saying that? Because you just fulfilled... One of the signs of the return of the Lord. What? Oh, yeah. Luke chapter 12, verse 4 says, Be therefore ready also for in the day, or for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. And today people are living their lives without a thought of, of, of the Lord's return, living their lives without a thought of, uh, of that uh, they're going to stand before the Lord one day. They're going to kneel before Him. They're going to give an account of their lives. The Bible talks about in those, when we come before the Lord that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he's Lord. And every one of us shall give an account of what we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Do you realize that your life is going to be opened like a book before God and before all that's there? And the only thing that's going to cause it to have blank pages is the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for the blood. Amen. But my friend, understand this, that we are living in those perilous times that Paul is writing to Timothy about. The Apostle Paul was looking for the return of the Lord in his day. He was looking for the return of the Lord in his day. So where does that put us? That puts us about 2,000 years down the road. 2,000 years closer to the return of the Lord. 2,000 years and you begin to look at, at, the, at the plan of God and, and you begin to see what God's doing and you see how that things are, are happening at a, at a very fast pace. And, and Paul couldn't see and didn't know what, what we know today as we get into the scriptures and begin to tie things together. And Paul didn't understand uh, some of the things that, that the Lord was even leading him to teach in that day and time. And what we are able to do now is put it all together like a puzzle and see that, hey, listen, the Lord's getting ready to come back. But because of that, there's a perilous times, difficult times around us. But with that, Paul also told Timothy of some powerful truths for those perilous times to help us through it all. Man, I tell you, I love the Word of God. I love how that the Lord puts it together. Yeah, if all you had was a negative and, and just down, it would just beat you down. But God says, listen, I want to give you some hope. I want to give you some help. I want to give you some encouragement. I want to give you some strength. I want to give you something that you can walk away with and say, praise God, I have a Savior in heaven. Amen. Well, first of all, and we're going to look at and he, throughout this, there's four chapters here and Throughout this chapter, these chapters, Paul has scattered things, nuggets through there for you and me to face or to have in our lives during these perilous times. First of all, there's the assurance of a great salvation. Look in, 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 in chapter 1 and verse 12. He said, for the which cause I do, I also suffer these things. Talk about perilous times, talk about difficulties that he was going through. He says, nevertheless, I am not ashamed. 
He said, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. He said, man, I'm persuaded. He said, I don't have to wonder about it. I don't have to, 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 to wonder, can God keep me? Can God get me to heaven? He said, listen, he said, I know in whom I believe. I know who I put my faith in. I know who I'm trusting. I know who is my Savior. I'm not trusting the government. I'm not trusting the man down the road. I'm not trusting myself. He said, I know whom I have believed. It's Jesus Christ. And he's talking about a great salvation. My friend, this morning, if you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you got the greatest thing that they could ever have in your life. You may not have a lot of money, but you don't need a lot of money to know Jesus Christ. You don't need any money to know Jesus Christ. Hey, I want to tell you something. God can take care of all things in your life. You just need to know him as your Savior. Amen. In times like these, you need something that you can anchor your heart and your soul in. You can't anchor your heart and your soul in a bank account. You can't anchor your heart and your soul in a car. You can't anchor your, uh, you say, well, I got a nice car. Hey, listen, uh, Hunter was on his way home a Friday, and, and all of a sudden the bells and lights and whistles start going off on that, that Jeep that he had, and it says transmission. So he called me and said, well, you might as well take it back. He got her back down to to Edmonton, Edmond there in, 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 in Oklahoma. And they looked at it and they said, well, it's going to take a module for it. And, and he's wanting to get home. He's been gone for six weeks and he's wanting to get home. He said, Dad, do you think you get trailer and come and get me? I said, I said, why don't you just wait? <laughs> he's wanting to get home. I don't blame him. And they're trying to find a part. And with all the strike and everything going on and all that stuff, finding parts are difficult anyways. And then you add that on top of it. And so he, he wanted to be home, but you know, you don't anchor your soul in a vehicle. You don't anchor your hope in a house. You don't anchor your hope in all these things as well. Isn't Jesus Christ? And if you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you have Jesus Christ as your Lord, hey, my friend, you've got absolutely everything that you need. Uh, Paul said, I know, not hope, or maybe so. He's speaking of, the, of a sure salvation even during a difficult time. My friend, hey, listen, if it would have been us that would have got hit by those missiles, if it would have been you and me, do you know where you spend eternity? Amen. You have Jesus Christ your Savior. Well, that's the greatest thing that you can have in your life. There's a, there's a great peace that comes to the born-again Christian that no matter what takes place, we have a home in heaven with the Lord. The songwriter wrote, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of His Spirit, Washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Man, when you can sing that and sing it from your heart. You've got something. Because you've anchored your soul in Jesus Christ. Facing perilous times without the Lord as your Savior. It's a horrible thought and a, and a grave mistake this morning. Listen, understand this. You owe a sin debt that you can't pay. And without Jesus Christ as your Savior, you'll never make it to heaven. My friend, you'll, you'll, you'll drop off into a lake of fire, then you'll be called up out of that lake of fire to stand before the, the judgment, the white throne judgment seat of God, and then you will be cast into an eternal lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever because you never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. 
You see, Jesus made it possible for everyone. You owe a sin debt you can't pay. Jesus went to Calvary and died in your place. In your place. In my place. He died for our sins. Somebody has to die for sin. But the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Talking about eternal death. But I praise the Lord that it didn't stop there. He, he goes on and says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's through Him. It's not through good works. It's not through baptism. It's not through money in the church. It's not through church attendance. It's not through uh, joining a church. My friend, those things are all good, but my friend, understand, only through Jesus Christ, receiving Him as your Lord and Savior can have eternal life. Right. Salvation. He died in your place. But God commands His love toward you but God commands toward us while we were yet sinners, lost in our sin, undone, no hope, even maybe a God hater. God commands his love toward you that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He loved us. He died in our place. He tells us over in Romans chapter 10. Verse 13 says, for whosoever. I'm glad he put whosoever in there. I'm glad he didn't put one in big long names out of the Old Testament in there. I'm glad he put whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not maybe, Sean, but shall be. I mean, it's a hope that we have. For whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. Salvation. Oh, but my friend, it's not just a prayer. It's your heart. Verse 10 right before that says, But for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. It's with the heart. This morning, listen, if you don't have Jesus Christ your Savior, you have no hope. If you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior, my friend, you're facing these perilous times by yourself. And one day when you die, you will stand before the Lord by yourself. You say, well, preacher, don't you have to come before the Lord by yourself? No, my friend, I have an advocate. I have an attorney. I have one that is an intercessor. I have one that has stood in my place. I have the blood of Jesus Christ applied to my heart, applied to my record, and he will stand before the Lord. And the Lord says, what about this? And he says, under the blood. Amen. Because of that, I'm a child of the King. Heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. It's paid. It's under the blood. And because I know Jesus Christ is my Savior, Sam, I can face today's trials. I can face tomorrow's troubles. I can face the perilous time. It doesn't matter whether it's rockets or whether it's words or whether it's laws or whatever it is. Hey, my friend, understand, I have hope because my faith is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul said, listen, if you got salvation, if you got Jesus Christ as your Savior, he said, boy, you're in the right place and, and, and hell is hot and, and, and heaven is sweet and eternity is long and you're set for eternity in heaven if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen. Praise the Lord for the powerful truth. For the Christian this morning, we have an assurance of salvation and a home in heaven no matter what comes our way. In these perilous times. I've got heaven. How about you? I got Jesus Christ. How about you? 
Boy, I tell you what, I hear on that bus everyone, I got this, you got that? They got these trading cards and everything. I got this right here. You got that? You got this here. I want to say, I got Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'd rather have him than anything in this world. Nothing can compare to carry us through the, the terrible times that's ahead of us, even as Christians. There's going to be perilous times, Christians. You say, well, we're going to get raptured out of here, aren't we, Brother? Hey, yeah, before the, before the tribulation, the wrath of God. But my friend, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be a purifying of the church. That doesn't mean there's not going to be difficult times. That doesn't mean that you're not going to see some struggles. That doesn't mean that you're not going to see some persecution. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be people turning against you. My friend, understand, there's going to be perilous times, and we're living in them, starting them. Uh, they're getting pretty heavy and starting up pretty good right now. Just make sure that you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. Then Paul went on, he said, we got something else. If you're saved, we've got access to the strength of our God. Got access to the strength of our God. Look there in, in chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 1, he says, Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Not in yourself, not in somebody else. But in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, he said, be strong in that. Let that come into your, into your hearts and minds in these perilous times. You need to know the truth that God's uh, grace is available to you to give you strength in the times like these. I see people all around me and, and talk to different ones who, or they got to go here and they got to go there. And they're just beat down and they just, they just say, I can't take it any longer. I don't know what to do. My friend, there's, there's strength in the Lord. There, there's, there, through his grace, we can have strength strengthen these times. So many times we don't understand. The Lord don't want you to go through it by yourself. The Lord hasn't went off and left you anywhere. Sometimes you may think that you're sitting alone by yourself. My friend, you're not sitting by yourself. You say, man, I don't know why I have to go through this by myself. You're not going through it by yourself. You need to, you need to realize that the Lord said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's right there with you. Your problem is, is that you're not acknowledging his presence and you're not looking unto him who is the author and finisher of your faith. And oh, how we need to turn to him because his grace is there for us to give us strength in these perilous times. In these perilous times, we have a, a, the grace of God to carry us through and to strengthen us. You see, his grace is sufficient. The Lord told Paul, and Paul wrote it here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. He says, and he said unto me, that Paul was going through some difficult times with his health and struggles and, and had a thorn in the flesh. He prayed unto the Lord to remove the thorn in the flesh. And here's what he said. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. And then he goes on and says, for my strength. Tom, Paul's saying this. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may, may rest upon me. Through these difficult times, God says, my grace is, is there for you. It'll be sufficient. He said, I've got enough grace to carry you through. Lord, I need a little extra grace today. He said, I got it. Lord, I'm going through this time. What am I going to do? He said, my grace is sufficient. Lord, I've never been down this road in my life before. He said, my grace will carry you through. Lord, I've never faced this problem in my life. I've never seen this before. He said, my grace is sufficient. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. He said, my grace will strengthen you. 
Lord, I don't know where to go. He said, my grace will guide you. Paul said, listen, in these perilous times, he said, the grace of God will be there to strengthen you, to guide your life. Oh, we find that also when I'm weak, that I'm strong, but also in Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Boy, I'll tell you what, when you begin to think about it, you say, preacher, I don't quite understand. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Yeah, it's like this. Let's say that, that I'm struggling with, with lifting something and I call for these three guys to come over here and they help me lift it. You know what? I'm, I, I'm strengthened by their presence. Something that I can't do, but I can get them to help me and we can get it done. I'm strengthened by their presence. My friend, understand that in this life, there's things that we can't handle. There's things that we can't do. And many times we're trying to do it all in our own strength. And we're trying to do it in our own flesh. And we're trying to do it in our own abilities. And, and we can't get it done. And if we'll turn to Jesus Christ and begin to walk in him and follow him and obey him and serve him and love him and allow him to have control in our lives, he said, I can do all things, not some things, but all things through Christ Jesus which strengtheneth me. He comes alongside. And he does that which we can't do. He is our strength. That's the grace of God. That he cares for you enough to give his strength unto you. Colossians 1, 11 says, Strengthen, strengthened with all might, not some, but with all might, according to his glorious power. Not your strength. Not your, can I tell you something? You're not strong enough to fight the devil. You're not strong enough to face the perilous times. You're not strong enough to handle the problems of life. But through him, his strength will empower you to do those things what he wants you to do. If you will live for him, if you will serve him, if he is your Lord and Savior, if you will obey him. He said, I will strengthen you. I will give you the power to go through this life. Not only is there grace is sufficient, but saving grace. Whew. Boy, you think about getting saved. That's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. Can I tell you something? This is my grandson. You don't deserve to be saved. All you look around and say, well, preacher, you ought to know him. Here's another grandson. You don't deserve to be saved. Well, preacher, you ought to know him. Say, my grandson, but you don't deserve to be saved. You see this lady back here, this pretty smile and everything, everything? You don't deserve to be saved. You see that preacher sitting back there? You don't deserve to be saved. You see this preacher right here? I don't deserve to be saved. But it's the grace of God, the mercy of God, that he would save an old rotten sinner like me. Oh, these, these folks ain't been down the road maybe that I've been down. But hey, listen, we're all sinners. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Ephesians 2 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves is a gift of God. Saving grace, keeping grace. Well, I'll tell you what, I praise the Lord for the keeping grace. I have enough time trying to find things. I lose stuff that I don't know. I lay it down. I don't know where it's at. Uh, uh, I'll lay something down. I'm working on something. I'll lay something down here and I'll go over here and work on that. And then I'm standing there looking for it. The other day I was looking for a Kleenex. I told you, I said, where's that box of Kleenex? 
So, well, so we looked around, looked around, looked around, looked around, looked around, couldn't find. She said, well, there's another one in the bedroom. Get in there, got a Kleenex, come back in there. And pretty soon she said, <laughs> on the kitchen cabinet. Say, so what'd you say? Janine, what'd you put it there for? <clears throat> no, I didn't. <laughs> right in plain view. It's like some of you go around. I don't do this because I don't, I don't take mine off and put my head. But some of you got your glasses up here and you walk around. Has anybody seen my glasses? <laughs> Keeping grace. Powerful grace. Eternal grace. And when you're there and in need of it, dying grace. Well, I'll tell you what, old years, I've witnessed people come down to the end of their life. And God gives them that dying grace. God showed me that so plainly with my mama. Spent the last two weeks of her life with her and taking care of her, helping my brother and sister did and, and their spouses. Janine was home taking care of our daughter that had brain surgery. And I was there for two weeks and, and mom was dying and she woke up one morning. She said, I thought I'd be in heaven by now. I thought I'd be in heaven by now. And she was almost aggravated. <laughs> Why? Grace. People come in. She'd talk to them about the Lord. She was a pointer. <laughs> Dying grace. You say, well, preacher, do I have that? No, you don't. And I don't either. Well, why not? Because God ain't ready to take you home. You don't need it yet. I like what old John R. Rice. I think it's John R. Rice. He was flying an airplane, and man, the engine started messing up and everything, and they, they told everybody to, 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 to buckle in, and, and he was sitting there reading his Bible, and, and boy, they, everybody was going on and everything, and the fellow said, aren't you worried? He said, nope. He said, why not? Aren't you afraid of dying? No, I'm not afraid of dying. He said, don't you think? He said, we're going to die. He said, no, we're not. How do you know? He said, well, God promised to die in grace when, before I died. He said, I ain't got it yet, so we're all right. Just kept on reading the Bible. Plane landed, they was all all right. Well, I'll tell you what, when you got God, you've got a lot, amen. The grace of God. The grace of God to carry us. It doesn't mean you're not going to go through difficult problems. Thank God for His grace. He hasn't failed us yet and He won't. 2 Corinthians 4.15 says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace, oh man, abundant grace, not just grace, but abundant grace, might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Otherwise, when you accept that grace, it brings honor and glory to the Lord. There's an abundance of grace to carry us through the days ahead. God's good all the time, not just when things are going good, but God's good all the time, even through the perilous time because of His grace. John chapter 1 verse 16 says, Of His fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. So you say, what are you saying? Grace for grace. He's got so much grace, He said, I'll stack some on top of it, Amen. He said, you got grace now? He said, you need a little bit more? I'll put some more on top of it. He said, preacher, uh, what do you mean putting more on top? He said, I got so much grace. He said, I got abundant grace. I'll give you more and I'll give you more grace when you need it. 
This whole world's plunging into more chaos and wickedness right now. The grace of God will strengthen you. Romans 5, 20 says, but there, the latter part of that verse says, but there is where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Doesn't matter how bad it gets, God's grace is greater. God's grace is greater. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That ye always have all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Paul talked about the grace. He talked about the salvation to carry us through in these perilous times. But then also the authority and the truth of the scriptures. Look at chapter 3 verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's possible for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. We're living in a time when you can't trust the media. That is the lionest bunch there ever was. They got an agenda and they're going to push that agenda. You can't trust them. You don't know who to trust. You don't know who to believe anymore. You can't trust most of what's in Washington anymore. You can't trust a lot of things. You don't know who, who to trust or to believe in these di different days, in these difficult days, in these perilous times. That's why the Lord gave us His Word. You're sitting here this morning and you're holding the Word of God. He said, listen, I'm going to give you something that you can trust. I'm going to give you something that will never fail you. I'm going to give you something that will never change. I'm going to give you something that's truth from cover to cover. It's God's Word. It's God-breathed given by the inspiration of God and, and never out of date, but always revealing truth about the times that we live in. Some of this was, was written uh, uh, really uh, about 6, 000, almost 6,000 years ago, and it's relevant, it's, 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 it's relevant today. I mean, it's, it's, the reality is there that it covers today and, and the New Testament about 2,000 years ago, and it's, and it's right on spot, it's right on target of today and what's going on and, and what we need to do. It's real, it's right, and it should be for you and me to follow it because it's true. You want to make sense of what's going on around you? You want to make sense about what's going on in the world? Begin to look at things through the lens of God's Word. Because this is the only thing that will make sense of what's happening between Russia and Ukraine, Israel and Palestine, the other wars that's going on, the fumbling and bumbling in Washington, the economic struggles, the earthquakes, the adverse things that's taken place. You say, preacher, it's climate change. No, it's not climate change. Shut up. <laughs> it's God doing what he wants to do and he's getting ready to come back and just get ready. He can turn the heat up or he can shut it off. You better realize that God's in control and we need to get in the book and look at it through God's Word. This book will teach you how to live. It'll direct your life. It'll comfort you with its truth. It says it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It'll direct our lives. This book will lead the lost to the saving knowledge of, uh, of Jesus Christ. It tells you how to receive Christ. It tells you what Jesus Christ did for you. You say, well, preacher, where does it start over in the New Testament? No, it starts over in Genesis. And all through the book, you can see Jesus Christ, who is the ultimate sacrifice for, for you and me to cleanse us of our sins. <coughs> It'll correct you. It'll reveal what's coming. 
And who's coming? It's powerful. That's why many don't like it, including Satan. This world don't want you to talk about the Bible. Did you ever notice that? They won't want you. They don't want it in our schools. They don't want it in, in public places. They don't want it on our statues. They don't want it uh, uh, behind the Ten Commandments on the wall in the, in the, in the, in the courtrooms and, and behind the judge. They don't want it there. Why? Because it reveals our sin. It's powerful. In fact, in Hebrews 4.12 it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, <clears throat> piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the moral and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. If you go down my office right now on the wall, down there you'll see a framed uh, poem. It's called The Anvil. It said, Last eve I passed beside a blacksmith's door and heard the anvil ring the vesper chime. Then looking in, I saw upon the floor old hammers worn with beating years of time. How many anvils have you had, said I, to wear and to batter all these hammers so? Just one, said he, and then with a twinkling eye. The anvil wears the hammers out, you know. And so thought I, the anvil of God's word. For ages skeptic blows have beat upon, yet though the noise of every falling blow was heard, the anvil is unharmed, and the hammers, they're gone. My friend, throughout all eternity, we'll have the Word of God. Amen. It's powerful. It'll help us through these days. God said his word would endure forever and that it was settled in heaven. And Psalms 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In these perilous times, you can trust the Bible. You can trust God's word. You can make sense of what's going on. You see it all coming to pass in these days and, and coming together. It makes sense when you read the, the word of God and look at it uh, uh, through the lens of God's word. Then we find here, and we're going to come back and deal maybe a little bit more with this tonight. But take hope in the truth of his soon return. Look at verse, chapter 4. Look at verse 8. Henceforth, this is Paul speaking. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of, re, of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Woo! His appearing? Yeah, he's coming back. Amen? Amen. Glory. He's coming back. I don't know if I'm ready or not. Boy, you better get ready. He's coming back. He said, well, you know, I, I, you know, some of these guys down here said, man, I'd like to get married. I'd like to see what my kids look like. Man, we don't want to see what your kids are going to look like. Amen? I want him to come back. Amen? <laughs> His appearing, Paul said, man, he said, put this, in your, put this in, in your thoughts and put this in your mind. Put this in your heart. He said, the Lord's getting ready to come back. Times are getting bad. Perilous times. That means the Lord's getting ready to come back. Paul's getting ready to sign off here. 
he's lived for the Lord and he's faced difficulty and struggles for the cause of Christ. In fact, if you back up in verse 7, he says, I have fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. But he didn't stop there. Yet he was excited looking for the appearing of the Lord even in his day. As you look at the chaos, as you look at the moral decay, as you look at the political turmoil, as you look at the domestic failure, as you look at the economic turmoil, as you look at the religious apostasy of our day, lift up your eyes. Take heart for the Lord is coming soon and, and very soon. And for the born again Christian, he's going to rapture us out of here. Take us out of here. Revelation 22 verse 12, he says, And behold, I come quickly. Take heart, Christian, because we're just about home. Just about home. We're getting close. Romans 13 11 says, And knowing the time, what time, preacher, these perilous times, that now is a high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. We need to rejoice in the Lord, and He's soon return. Lift Him up and worship Him, praise Him. Now and throughout, through all the turmoil, praise Him all the way to glory. Live for Him now and all the way to the throne of God. I'll close with this. George Beverly Shea wrote this. In times like these. In times like these, you need a Savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure, be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. In times like this, like these, you need the Bible. In times like these, oh, be not idle. Be very sure, be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. The next verse down says, In times like these, I have a Savior. In times like these, I have an anchor. I'm very sure, I'm very sure my anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure, be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. In these perilous times, watch your anchor. Watch your anchor. In times like these, I have Jesus as my Savior to trust and to lean upon. What about you? What about you? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Though the perilous times rage on, oh, what a Savior. What a wonderful grace that you've given us. What a wonderful book, the Scripture, that influences and directs us. And oh, to look up and say, my Lord is coming soon. What a peace it brings in my heart. But Lord, not everybody in this room has that peace. No doubt there's some that if they died today, they would not go to heaven. Lord, may they come. These perilous times are showing us that your return is very near. And Lord, if they missed that, 
because they've heard the truth. The Bible says that they will believe a lie and be damned. They'll go through the seven year, into the seven-year tribulation and they'll die without Christ and spend eternity in a lake of fire. But Lord, no doubt even here to this morning, there's Christians who are struggling, who are, are facing problems, who are seeing the perilous times, and, and they're not looking at what you want them to look at. The truths of a powerful God. Lord, help us to look unto you. That author and finisher of our faith. Have your will way in this invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed? Dry?